Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Ricky, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and good friend Clive. Good evening. How are you doing? Good evening, Ricky. Uh, and apologies for the final time for the potential sound quality dippage that we're experiencing due to hardware failure for me last week, um, due to the time of year, uh, and hungry mouse to feed as well as Santa on his way. I do not have as much disposable income as I would want. So you'll just have to put up with this for a wee while. But hello, hello. Anyway, um, we have a special guest with us tonight. He is one third of the original SMC crew. It's not Carl. It is making his debut on the Ricky and Clive show. It is Mr. Caleb Baldwin. Good evening, Caleb, or good afternoon. Yeah, I mean, it's all a matter of perspective. Uh, first and foremost, thank you for having me on. This is a, a great honor and something I've looked forward to. For We've planned this for about, what, a little over a week? Yep. So, yeah, something I've been looking forward to for uh, some time, man. Uh, and I look forward to talking wrestling with you guys, that's for sure. Happy to have you on. <laughs> what's on uh, so, sorry? What's on the itinerary, itinerary tonight, Ricky? Um, well, we can, we'll be talking about a little bit of full gear. Um, we'll touch on CM Punk returning or returning in, in some sort of capacity and what that means. Um, we'll probably maybe touch on last week's NXT as well. Um, and then we'll see what else pops up. But um, obviously, I know you didn't watch, you've not watched Full Gear yet, so you can leave this part to me and Caleb for the time being. That's fine. Um, so I, I'm, I, Caleb, I'll admit I never watched every single match. Um, I didn't watch Son Spears and Joey Janela. I think we spoke about that before, just over text. Um, that was, and I never watched the pre show. Uh, I don't really care much for the pre show, but obviously, I watched every other match on. On the card, um, what were your thoughts overall on on the entire card as a whole? Okay, so just getting started, and I don't blame you for not seeing Sean Spears and Joey Janela. If I had my way, I would have probably flipped that onto the pre-show and put B. Priestley and Britt Baker on myself. 
given especially how the matches played out, um, especially with Britain B being a uh, a blood feud, basically coming to what many believe is a culmination anyway. But just in, in general, I thought I thought this may have actually been one of the worst AEW specials so far, but I thought it was still like fine. I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was like even necessarily great, but like I said, fine to maybe even above average, just generally speaking. Because the bar is so high or? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Again, they've set kind of a high bar and there was a lull in there and, in uh, you know, just as far as overness with like with the crowd, the crowd wasn't into a lot, but, uh, mm-hmm. There was one particular match that kind of sent the card into a tailspin, and it was Joe Janela and Sean Spears. The women's match suffered after that. The triple threat tag match was fine for what it was, but just felt a little a little off to me anyway. I don't know what you thought about that, Ricky, but I mean that that's what I thought at least of that portion of the card. Now, a, a good portion of the card I really did enjoy, though, especially those those co-main events, but. What what did you have to what do you think about um <clears throat> I've not I've not been a Sean Spears fan or Ty Dillinger at all um Joey Janela I don't mind so much um like I guess kind of like a niche kind of thing that he does so yeah I'm not too I'm not that invested in him I agree I wouldn't have had that on the main main card I think like I said, the last, um, what, two matches I thought were excellent. Um, I absolutely, I think, still think Paige and Pac was probably my favourite match of the night. Um, I had a few issues with it overall, and I'll touch on them as we go through the card. But yeah, I think it wasn't as, as, as great as All In, All Out, and even one or two of the other kind of, um, specials of kind of run or even some of the TV stuff but I think that's kind of like you know how when, when takeover is just that notch below the, what you're normally used to it, it seems like it's such a like it's 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 fallen off a cliff in a sense so yeah. I think when when you realise it's not at that level and it's you can see the dip but that doesn't like you said I don't think it was a a bad show I felt it was like for their first kind of official proper pay-per-view in a sense Ever since it's been started being on TV, it was it was a solid enough start. Um, like I say, but we'll touch on each issue that throughout the show. But um, obviously, we had proud and powerful against the Young Bucks. Oh, I love this match. I mm. really did. I love the story they told with was it Matt's knee? Yes. Yeah, with with Matt's knee, and like there came a point where he almost didn't want to tag in. Because he knew, like, even a tired Nick was better than him in that particular mm. And, again, I just thought that was beautiful. And even when they went for, uh, what's it, is it the Meltzer driver or the Indy taker? Yep. Uh, yeah, and he goes to springboard off the ropes, and he just, like, his, his leg just gives out. I thought that was, I thought this was a, a great, um, I thought this match was filled with storytelling which I really appreciated and which the young bucks often get criticized for is not doing any storytelling. I think so. I had a cup, one or two little issues. The, the, I can't remember who delivered the super kick. I, was, oh. I think it was Matt. 
I, I didn't like that sailing in that spot. I just felt like that just that just looks dumb. Um, yeah, that I feel like that's something you save for like a non televised match on like a house show. Yep, yep. Not the opening sh- match of a show. Um, yeah, not, not a feud that's been built by blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think I think the most surprising thing to me is that there is this sort of preconceived notion that the elite are, you know, um, and Cody and Paige couldn't really put egos aside and, and, and I don't want to say create stars, but certainly help put people over. But I agree this was the right call. Um, I, I don't think it would, I think you had to have everyone in, in within the, in a circle going over and being victorious on that night, just to kind of continue giving them that credibility and continue making them like heels, mm-hmm. like, to look strong, to make to make look like strong heels. Um, so I didn't really didn't have an issue with that. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, this was probably, I think maybe an, my second favorite match of the night. Um, after Page and Park, I, I really did enjoy it. And like I said, I, 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 I you, you have to absolutely love. I know we're calling them proud and powerful or whatever, but they're LAX. Yeah. You know, so they're LAX, um, and those guys have always been fucking awesome. Always. Yeah, I mean, Impact built their tag division around them for two years for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I think... This match was amazing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go on, you go. Oh, I was just going to say what they did after the match with the... Uh, the run in, I, w- I was a little. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say disgusted, but I was not. Um, I was not pleased by what I saw. Well, I know Clive didn't you tweet something about about the, that? The Rock and Roll Express. Yes. Yeah, it's just. They, um, I try my very best not to comment on all things AEW online purely because I don't watch it. But it's hard to ignore some things being brought to your attention, and when you've got. I actually watched them on NWA this week, which, Caleb, I'd like to chat to you about a wee bit later as well. Uh, We're going to have to keep that as spoiler-free as possible because I haven't seen this week's episode. Oh, no! And I just watched this week's For You coming on tonight. You know what? We'll talk about it anyway, then. Because, you know what? I'm going to watch the episode anyway, so we'll we'll talk about it for sure. I don't want to deprive you of that. Well, I would. It's not. I'm not going to go into detail with the story. It's just from the gif I saw as well of, I don't know which one, the albino kid doing the Canadian destroyer, who needed help over the ropes to do so. And it's. I just think it's. WWE gets a lot of flack for bringing old part timers in, to take spots from current contemporary talent. I mean, these guys are dinosaurs in comparison to the likes of Batista, Goldberg. It's just, it's a bad, for me, it's a bad visual. And if, if it was, see if I was one of those people who left watching WWE with the main reason being that I just wasn't a big fan of the the nostalgia trips, this would have been left a quite a bad taste in my mouth. So if there's anyone, it's just, ah, oh, they look so old and it's just a bad look. <laughs> I agree. I agree. The, the I mean... Uh, again, kind of like with the weird super kick cell that Ortiz, I believe, did during the match. Um, this is something you probably do on a house show. 
that's not canonical that, you know, people don't have to necessarily acknowledge if they don't want to. Again, because it's just it's kind of a bad look, in my opinion. You know, you get the heat on these meg- these guys who are a part of the top heel group of the company. They get this big win and everything. And then all of a sudden, these two fossils hop the guardrail. And again, with the help of the Young Bucks, but the injured Young Bucks, with the help of them, they get the better of this uh, this 40% of the top heel group in the company. I, like you, I thought it was a bad look, and I don't. I, I really hope they uh, learn from this and try to avoid doing things similar to this in the future. I think my my quick take on it is that I've always said I don't really mind a nostalgia thing because I guess it always comes down to whether I like that person or not. You know, like so when Batista came back, I've always liked Batista, so I'm always being like, Do you know what. I'm I'm here for it. When it when it's got, I've, I've never, never been a fan of Flair, never. Uh, so I openly I wouldn't want to watch stuff with Flair. Uh, even pre stuff, but the stuff that came out with Hogan with the tape and stuff, I was never a fan of Hogan. Um, but like Bret Hart, for instance, I'll forever mark out when Bret Hart appears. So I think for me, I can't really. I suppose because I'm not a fan of, uh, I'm not like going to mark out when I see them like I could be like well I could do without that but now if it was a tag team that I that I did love that appeared then I'd be like okay yeah I like that but so it's kind of difficult I would say I, I sometimes difficult I struggle to separate how much I like a tag team or an individual and then go against like well what benefit are you getting from bringing someone back with that you know so that's what I always struggle but yeah I could do without it most of the time as well if I'm honest But um, we'll move on. I'll leave yeah. that one just now. Um, yeah, I don't have anything like I said about to say about Sean Spears and Joey Janela. <laughs> um, we'll move on to the, the tag team match. Uh, Lucha, Bros, Lucha Brothers versus Private Party versus SCU. I think... Hmm, I was expecting maybe a little more from the match, but I still think it was a pretty good match. Um, I think the triple threat element sometimes makes it a little more convoluted than it needs to be. Um, obviously, I think if it was just a straight-up SEU versus Lucha Bros in a repeat of the Tag Team Finals or SEU versus Private Party, like I may have enjoyed that a little bit more. But I think that's yeah. what we're probably going to get. I think we are going to get SEU versus Lucha Bros. It's like... Whether it's on, it probably is going to be another rematch on a TV taping because I don't think the next pay per view is not going to be for another few months anyway. Um, yeah, SCU winning obviously. Yeah, um, there's no, I don't want to see early title changes um, in such such um, at, at infancy stage at the moment. Um, happy, like I say, it's overall, I was kind of happy with that match. Um, there's nothing that. I don't think there was nothing that clearly stood out, but there was. I didn't have any real issues with the match at all. I mean, for me, I feel like this match could have prospered a lot more if it was a tornado tag. I love tornado tag stipulation. And again, some people don't like it because, oh, it's a tag match, but you don't have to tag in, whatever. Um, The thing of it is, like, private party is going to shine the most when they're able to get their shit in. And 
when you have to tag into, you know, three different teams, but you can only have two guys in at one time, that that's going to slow things down a little. Um, I didn't hate this match. I, I didn't really hate anything on this card other than, say, Spears and Joey, Janela. But, uh, but again, and I wasn't shocked by uh, SC retaining, and I was glad they did, to be honest with you. I don't really have a lot of thoughts on this match other than I thought it could have been better. Yeah, I think that's kind of my sentiment as well. Um, we'll move on to... We did get the return of Christopher Daniels at the end of the match, too. Yep. I was half expecting him to be out for longer. I didn't, um, like, I didn't know, like, was he was he ever really hurt, or was that just a kayfabe thing? I, I, assume, I never really dug into it too much because I, I just assumed it was a legit injury. I just thought it was kayfabe, so I figured, oh, he'd be back eventually, maybe after the final or whatever. But, yeah, I, I didn't, you know, like you said, I didn't really dive mm. in and figure out what exactly happened. Um, so we got the women's um, champ- AEW championship match. We've got Rio versus Emi Sakura. Yeah, um, obviously I think we'll just get this out of the way the build to the match could have been better I think me and Kale we spoke about it and it was like you can't assume everyone watches AEW Dark and BTE because um, yeah. I don't and I watch the weekly stuff but I don't watch the other stuff and I know Kenny Omega tweeted out like that big spreadsheet document and on the day of uh, full gear and it's like well why couldn't you have brought that up on the TV tapes? Why couldn't you have, you know, shed more light onto that stuff? But I think the actual match itself, like a lot of the the reversals and how they were getting out of these, um, getting out of each other's movesets, I thought it was absolutely fascinating. Um, again, I don't want to see early title changes, um, and I'm glad we didn't. Um, I feel like each champion can unity kind of establish each one. I don't want to, I don't think it's a good thing if you're going to start flip-flopping titles quite quickly in, uh, at this stage. But I enjoyed this match. I, I did. I, I said my main thing about it was just the general how like we, like I said, we spoke about just a, a real proper lack of a build to it. Yeah, no, there was, all, like you said, almost no build. Kenny Omega sent out a tweet the day of but like Awesome. Add four minutes to talk about Emi Sakura and Riho. They couldn't be bothered. Now, the match, like you said, the match was fine. The match was actually very good. But for the most part, people, even in, in attendance, didn't care. At least not until the end. Mm. And I said they could have done a better job there. And, and maybe they'll next time. Maybe they'll next time. But yeah, I, again, I still thought it was a pretty decent match. Um, I think that was my overwhelming feeling about several of the matches. I think they were all solid enough, but it's not matches that I'm going to be like, well, I'll need to go back and watch these at some point again because I loved it so much. I think there were maybe two matches on the entire show that I felt that way about. And that's kind of, I hate the whole star system, but that's my kind of star system. It's like, I have, that falls into three categories, never watch again. If I happen to stumble across something and I see it, I'll watch it. Or I'll go out my way to watch it. I just I keep it quite simple in that sense, and that's probably going to be one of those ones that 
I won't go out my way to watch it, but if it happens to be on and I'm and I see it, I might just I might watch it again. But yeah, that's more or less all of the matches. Um, but we'll move on. Hangman Page versus Pack. Now, bear in mind, this go match ahead. has been was supposed to take place in Vegas, double yes. or nothing. Yes. So we're, what, six months or something down the line, or whatever it is? Yeah, Yeah, and they did have a match on the first episode of Dynamite as well. So Mm -hmm. this was was technically a rematch, but yeah. I enjoyed it. Is this, can't remember, is this Pac's first clean loss? Uh, Yes, yes, because the only other, like, non-wins he had, he had that time limit draw with Moxley. Yep. And they had that tag match. Where they lost, but uh, Pack got pinned after Mock attacked him. Yes, uh, yep. So, the, like I say, is, um, I'm quite—I don't know if I'm surprised or not—but they've done, certainly done a job these first this first month or so to to sh- to portray Pack as being very strong, um, being a legit contender against anyone. So I was, I was, I know it's. I know it's Hangman Page, but I was slightly surprised Page won. See, I was a little surprised too, but then if you look back at how, you know, minus that first episode of Dynamite, how Hangman has looked since then, like they've slowly and slowly built him up to where, you know, crowds are really beginning to buy into him, where it like, we weren't even like near this level for him at All Out when he was actually in the main event challenging for the title. And you know he's hit another he's hit another level at this point. I think. Um, oh, I completely lost my train of thought there. Oh, I did. Uh oh. Bugger. Disgraceful. Nah. Uh, it was it was something about Paige, and I can't remember at all. No, I don't even know what I was going to say there. You're going to say oh, yes, yes. I think I think now they'll start to to move Paige towards another title opportunity against Jericho on TV. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they'll do that on TV, but I feel like the next pay-per-view program is, and we'll get to it later, but I think Mox is going to be the next pay-per-view program. Yep. And that will be interesting to see what they do at that point. Yeah, for sure. Because if they've booked anyone to look extremely strong, it's, it's him. Oh, absolutely. It, it very rarely has he looked like... I know Kenny get the upper hand at one, um, after one of his matches when he had a run-in, but overall, Mox has been booked extremely strong in the one. I think they'll keep it that way. So, but that'll be interesting, uh, Moxley and Jericho. And obviously, we know they won't, probably won't touch on it, but they had the history in WWE and they had really good chemistry as well back then. So... I know it's a few years down the line and Jericho probably isn't at that level anymore, but in terms of the actual promo stuff um, and the build to it, it should be fun because, like I say, they had a real back and forth from WWE, which was which was quite fun to watch. Oh, for sure, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of their uh, pay-per-view matches in WWE, but yeah, like you said, their promo stuff is going to be upper echelon. Caleb, it's I gonna think be- I'm the only one who was a fan of their Asylum match, so... Literally the only person that liked it. 
I mean, I like to pitch the plant in there, but <laughs> I still, I still, I, I still love. Um, was it Survivor Series? Was it sixteen? Where they had that mm-hmm. epic Raw SmackDown five one five where Jericho yeah. gets in the ring and he says, "You owe me." Was it ten thousand dollars or something like that? And just yeah. starts to skim <laughs> Oh, no, uh, that'll be interesting. That'll be really interesting. But um, right, well, we may as well touch on that since we sp- we're talking about Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho defeats Cody. I always call him Cody Rhodes. Cody. Um, before I'm we just go- yep. Sorry, Ricky. No, yeah. go, go on. Okay, so before we go on, because some people in you know not only in the social suplex group but a- across Twitter. When they heard the announcement of if the, if it goes to the sixty minute time limit draw, they'll go to the judges. Did you buy for a second that they were going to go a full hour on this match? Because I never did. Part of me was like, it wouldn't surprise me, but the same breath, I was like, can Jericho even go sixty minutes? Uh huh. That's what <laughs> I was thinking. Like, Would Jericho not be dead by then? Yes. <laughs> and, and I felt, I felt if if they did go sixty minutes. There would need to be a lot of like shenanigans and and really stop start and it's like to prolong it, um, and that I think would have really had been a detriment to the match itself if they'd done that. Well, um, you never know because maybe the after about half an hour the alcohol will would have sweated out of Jericho's body and he might have been sober again and had a decent match. <laughs> <laughs> alcohol oozing out of his pool, his pores. All right. <laughs> oh my! Oh, uh, like I, I see when Cody dived out of the ring and like basically face planted the, the the ramp. My initial reaction was like, "Oh, here we fucking go again." Yeah, <laughs> I just like he's cut himself intentionally, and it's like really we're getting this again. But then you kind of realise, oh wait, like it's not because it was quite bad. Um, yeah, it was pretty deep. That, but my my immediate thought was here we go with the shenanigans here we go how they're going to prolong this and it was like but like I said I'm just not a Cody fan um I understand what he means to this and I get like how great he is on the mic and his character I, I get it all but if you know me I take in ring ability over absolutely everything unless I'm an absolute mark for you hi Abri Wyatt. Yeah. Where where character and promo just rules in that sense. I just I struggle to watch Cody matches. I really, really do. Um I don't know he's trying his damnedest to be his father. He really, yeah. really is. Um and there just comes a point where it's like, right, enough of the cosplay, enough of the shenanigans, just go out and just go f- all out for a full twenty, twenty five minute match and just but I don't think he's capable of that. But in saying that, I thought the match was was pretty decent. Um, but I think the big thing is obviously what took place after the match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I really did like um, that fucking lion tamer at the end of the match, dude. Oh, my God. Like, Jericho put that motherfucker in. <laughs> yep. And... Uh- I thought they were genuinely going, like, who was it that done it? Was it, um, was it Trent Seven and, was it Trent, um, was, was it Mustache Mountain? Undisputed, Undisputed Era. Yeah. 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 
And, and I thought that's what they were going right, so, but I didn't expect MJF to turn. Yeah. When MJF, like, I kind of, and shame on me, you know, as someone who's watched wrestling for, you know, like 15 years now. Um, I genuinely, like, I was kind of like, oh, man, they're definitely not doing the turn now because MJF looked like he was crying. Yeah. Like, really fucking hard on that one. See, that's one of the things that uh, came to my attention. And I actually really liked it because the throwing in the towel thing, the first thing I thought of was not Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain. It was in the Kenny Omega versus Okada 2, mm-hmm. where Cody Rhodes threatened to throw the towel in to save Kenny Omega from being beaten down any further. And I don't know if it was explained, if that was a callback, or if it was hinted at elsewhere, but to me, that was MJF getting into Cody's psyche with regards to his time in New Japan, and I thought that was an excellent callback. Really appreciated that. Sometimes I don't know if if that's the intention. I know. And, and, and it may not have been, but we're maybe overthinking things. Um, I don't know. I just... Like I think, I think there was still there were still uh, legs to go on this where they could have went for another couple of months where you could have continued tease who's going to turn on who. But I guess the great I'll talk about I'll use the shield as an example. Example the great thing about the shield breaking up at the time they did no one wanted it so that's what made it so great. It was like fuck we didn't want this oh fuck Yusuf. So now all of a sudden we're and I know I think Richie no don't do that don't. Don't turn them until at least time this time next year. So I suppose in that sense, it makes it perfect that we did do it now because everyone's like, "You're fucking up," you know. Um, yeah. But this this is going to be just. And like I said, not a massive Cody fan, but this feud is just going to be unbelievable. I think the build, the match itself, mm, but the build to it all is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, and you you like again at the very least if Cody like realizes he can't go or something like he'll he'll add some smoke pun and absolutely intended s- smoke and mirrors to his match you know and uh <laughs> i i wouldn't be shocked if i don't know if you guys rem- remember but at all out they aired a vignette for this guy named wardlow looked like mm-hmm. this big hoss guy i and i've predicted it for a few weeks now but i think that guy is going to end up being like an enforcer for mjf almost like a diesel type and that could add a dimension to their whenever they finally do have a match. Yep. That could add a dimension to it to protect the quality of it. Can I add? A, can I ask a question as an outsider looking in? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Cody in the early press rallies was talking a lot about wins and losses will matter. That's what will drive the programs. Are you more? Are you guys more interested in? where people stand in the league, all the stories such as MJF's heel turn and all that kind of stuff. Like the the build to matches rather than... Well, what the wins and losses reset after like 12 months, I can't, was it, was it, I don't know which, uh, uh, one of the young bucks said on Twitter, I want to say it was Nick, that says it's basically kind of going to be like seasons. So they'll reset. Um, in terms of wins and losses, I couldn't. I'm not. I don't care about wins and losses. If I'm honest, I think. I uh, mean, yeah. dude, I don't think you can beat a guy like a drum and then like give him like six weeks of a streak and then say, "Oh, there you go, you're good." Mm. 
Yeah, and I, I suppose it ties in then. If if you are if you are having someone giving them like a good streak, then it ties in with the story. Um, yeah, I like I said, I think certain certain guys like Mox, for instance, I think it matters because what they're doing is building them up to Jericho, and what they've done from the very moment he was announced, he just looked like the guy. <clears throat> so. You can't have that, then all of a sudden have him losing a couple of matches. I don't think he... I think there's a chance... I don't think there's more than a chance. I think he potentially goes the entire time up until Jericho unbeaten completely. And I, I, think Jer- I think until Jericho loses the title, I don't think he's going to get pinned or submitted whatsoever. He might lose tag matches here or there, but I think with the other guy getting pinned. Yep. Um, but... In terms of the MGF and Cody, couldn't care less about wins and losses because the storyline's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, what do you think of that uh, plant throwing a drink at uh, MJF? Well, I don't know who brought it up, but someone says it looked like it was a plant, but then I saw people tweeting back at that saying, no, 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 we were at the show and security really manhandled him and dragged him away, but it's like, and <laughs> I mean, come on, like, do you think yeah. Do you think it was a plant that threw the bottle at Natalia at Crown Jewel? <laughs> no, we established that was Rance. That's right. So as I, <laughs> Rance is that much hated for. Flew out to Saudi Arabia, threw the bottle at her, and came back to Houston. Uh-huh. On his, <laughs> on his uh, toilet break. <laughs> he went out on one of the first private jets before they got hot before um, the kidnap situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh now, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that feud. I think me, what me and Kale spoke about on WhatsApp, we were protecting our private. I think, I think the big thing now is how MJF comes out explaining what he done. Like we says, did he decide? After he threw the towel and was like, well, I don't need you anymore, so I'll turn on you, or was it all just basically all part of his plan all along to fuck Cody over? Real interesting to see where they go with this now. Or the third option, which just would be a very MJF thing to do, um, just say, oh, why did I do that? Because I'm better than you, and then just not say (laughs) anything else whatsoever. No, I think that would value people up even more. Yeah, just like my explanation is, fuck you. Getting an explanation. <laughs> Definitely. Um, last so last match now. Mox, Omega, unsanctioned match. This was about ten minutes too long. Fuck. Wait. So, because I think it went just either just shy of or just over 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, I think there comes a point to like a hardcore type match where you need to nail the time limit before it starts to look a bit too ridiculous. I was like, gee, like, what are we doing here now? Like, come on. Um, was it too violent? I mean, no, like, as someone who's seen a death match or two, like, no. I could see how some people who aren't a fan of uh, garbage hardcore wrestling 
And I say that as a compliment, not as an insult. I can see people who aren't fans of that, like being upset or disgusted or not, you know, remotely entertained. I get that. But as someone who is kind of desensitized to it, I guess, I mean, I've seen Triple H and Cactus Jack. I've seen Cactus Jack and Randy Orton. I've seen Edge and Mick Foley. I've seen all these sorts of matches. I've seen like stuff that's at least comparable. So I I didn't think it was too violent myself. I mean, maybe I wouldn't have any like hypothetical kids of mine watching it, but you know, that's, you know, that's where I land on the situation. Did you think it was too violent? No. Um, I felt this is going to sound quite daft, but I think it was as safe as you could have a quote unquote death match or hardcore match. Like, are they safe? I don't know. But I think that was as safe as you could get it. My, Alex says, I says to you, Caleb, I says on the podcast as well, my issue with the match is how the match, what the build to the match or, or what the match was, it was an unsanctioned match. To me, and maybe maybe this will end the feud, but I doubt it. Maybe we'll touch on it. We might come back to it later on. This is a feud ender. Just like how Seth and... And Bray started off in a Hell in a Cell. How do you start off in a Hell in a Cell and then have a match too? So that is, that is my, good, yeah. That's my my only issue was that I was like, please don't do that because I still think I think I know it's Moxley and it's his persona and that's who he is. He's he's hardcore, etc., etc. But I, I thought he's so much more than that. I think, and I think you didn't need to do it because I think you, if you kept it just in in the ring. That you would have produced a quote unquote five star match. So that, that was my. Mox is famous for though. That, that is the real John Moxley. I know, but there comes a point where it's just it's that's it's just the same thing over and over and over again. It's like please right. just, please just give us or remind us just how great he is, just in between the ropes. Um, and that was my issue with the match itself because I didn't want to see that because I felt you don't need to do that to have this great match. And I go, I get the whole unsanctioned match and so it won't, won't count against your wins and losses. But I witnessed it. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, like, the only, you start, yeah. like, anyone who's coming up against Kenny was like, yeah, it was unsanctioned for Kenny, but I watched you get beat. I watched I watched him impose his will on you and you and you gave out. You know, so, I, I mean, I, I still liked the match, though. I really did. Yeah. The only issue, like, I think that was really... Cr- this wouldn't be an issue, in my opinion, if Mox was able to wrestle it all out and they had their straight-up singles match at that show. But since this was technically their first singles match, that's where a lot of people's issues issue comes in. Is that, you know, in order to continue this feud, they kind of have to go backwards now. Mm-hmm. Same like as Seth and Bray. True, true. <laughs> See, the... My again, I've not seen it, but my only issue with this match is right, I watch ICW. I've got no issues with death matches at all. Sometimes I, la- I laugh at people who don't that are grossed out by death matches, but they're happy to see people land on their neck or take <laughs> headbutts and stuff. It's like one of them could cause instant death; the other one will see you in hospital for a few days. But it's the fact that um, Moxley has been in hospital with fucking. MRSA which is uh, MRSA and it's like Renee Young was saying on Twitter oh my god what the hell is this she's probably thinking 
Am I going to have to put up with this depressed fuck sitting in a hospital bed with an open wound on his arm again? So there's there's that that's like as you sort of Wiley's also getting using Renee's WWE health insurance to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally um, like it, does it? I I did okay. I did think it was a great there was a great visual in the match when Kenny was in, I think it was it was either a Boston Crab or a uh, sharpshooter, and he had to crawl through the uh, what was actually sugar glass, I'm sure, but had to crawl through the glass to to break the submission. Mm. I actually saw, and I'm not sure who it was, who tweeted it out. Do you know who it was? I think it was Amy from All Things Elite. Yeah. She says, think about it. Mox went to Japan to get a better understanding of where Kenny came from. Kenny had that uh, match with Joey Janela on AEW Dark to have a better understanding of where Mox is coming from or where Mox has been that ultimately led to this match. And I'm like, that's a fucking great spin on things, actually. That's pretty good. Now, whether that was the intention of that sexual story or, or what, but I very much I doubt it, in a sense. But I was like, that's pretty fucking awesome, like, the way she worded that, and I was like, that sounds quite good. Um, but I, I, like I say, I don't really have a, ma- a problem with this match, because, like it says, we've saw stuff with Cactus Jack and Triple H, we've saw stuff with, like we say, on ICW. But we see stuff in ICW every other week. It's okay. just it's crazy. So, I'm alright with it, but... I can understand that some people are a bit like, oh, because I, I sometimes am, but I think I'm more so, it's like, like I said, at the start of the match, it's like, oh, like your eye roll or something, it's like, right, can we just get to the finish now? Because it's kind of looking a bit stupid now. But, but I, 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 I really enjoyed the match. Really enjoyed it, actually. I'm such a Moxley mark, so I can't wait for him and Jericho. Yeah, for sure. And Kenny, like, Kenny's 0-3 on pay-per-view. Like, it makes you wonder, like, okay, so when, not not if, but when are they going to start the Kenny Omega redemption storyline? Because that's going to happen. That's probably what's been put in play already, because I saw something on Squared Circle that was, this guy had done a massive feed, and I can't remember it word for word at all, but basically Kenny wins the multi-mans, he acts all bravado and cool and as if nothing's happening when it comes to teaming up with the Young Bucks. But when it's in singles, he comes across as vulnerable. So it's mm-hmm. as if it's as if the move from Japan has hurt him emotionally. He's not the same person that he was in Japan and he's struggling to find himself. So it's as if there's actually some story going on just now already. And it's, it's yeah. these are the things that I appreciate more than... Uh, the WWE bashing and stuff like that. If we got he, stuff like that more often, I'd be I would be interested in tuning in to TNT on a Wednesday night. He misses he misses a bushy. That's the problem. Aye, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Um. In uh another parable, and Ricky, you may be able to relate. You follow American football a little bit. Yeah. Kenny Omega in AEW kind of reminds me of like a later career Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. Where like, they just cannot win a big game. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, or 
Yeah, no, I, I like that. That, that makes sense. Yeah, makes I, sense. I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that was. Are we missing anything, or was that the full pay per view? That was it. I think overall. We got did, one more. Did, sorry, go ahead. No, on you go. Oh, I was just gonna say, just as, as a detail. One, I really dug the stage. I like, you know, the the you know the the gears alongside the ramp and everything and also as an impact mark i really enjoyed the elevated catwalk <laughs> all the way to the ring i I've, I've always been a fan of that that's the first thing that came out of my head when i saw it as <laughs> impact yeah, well, I, I quite like that as well they borrowed it from ecw and wcw but yeah speaking of impact very quickly caleb well okay Tessa Blanchard's become the first women's, not women's, the first female world champion of Impact. Absolutely. Um, I suspect, and I didn't watch last night's episode, I suspect she's going to go into a triple threat with Sammy Callahan as the world champion, of course, and uh, Rich Swan as the other challenger, just so maybe traditionalists aren't so quote-unquote upset about it or whatever. Um, but yeah, oh, at the, I suspect at the January pay-per-view, she is going to win the title from Sammy Callahan. That's a big deal. That is. Sam, yeah. Sammy Callahan was over here a few weeks back. Was, uh, and he said, uh, "Fuck England" when he was in Glasgow. Good man. And then he also said Glasgow, and he, he knew yeah. that he was saying it incorrectly. So he got some heel heat. His match with BT Gun was all right. Um, just, I'm not a huge on BT gun in the first place, so. Did Sam hack a loogie in the ring or anything? Because he does that disgusting shit all the time. Yeah, he was spitting on his hand and doing the chest chops and rubbing it on his face and stuff. It's yeah. like, fuck Thank off you. now. <laughs> what, um, when does Tessa's, Tessa, Tessa's contract come up? Okay, I don't have all, any hard numbers in front of me because I didn't actually sign her contract. But um, <laughs> but um, well, uh, I thought at least when she initially signed in April of 2018 that she had actually signed a three-year deal. I remember hearing that somewhere. So I would think her contract is actually going to run all the way through to the spring of 2021. Because I know there's quite a lot of talk of her possibly yeah. next year or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, rumors went around around the time of Bound for Glory that yeah, she was leaving, but mm. I was like, why the fuck would they just sign her to an 18-month deal? That's weird. But, I mean, she's still there, and she's still being built for the pay-per-view, so... That'll be that'll be a huge moment. Oh, oh for sure. Unprecedented. Well, not entirely unprecedented. Lucha Underground did crown Sexy Star as world That's champion true. for like oh, a week. But she's, she's the one that... Um, Remember, what did she? Yes, I think in yep. terms of mass exposure, impact does trounce literally underground just a wee bit. Yeah, yeah, just well, it like two years ago it would have been a, by a lot, but yeah, now given their exposure and everything, or lack thereof, yeah, just a little bit more, but yeah, not not doesn't much underground at all. Uh, it's just TNA's a bigger name, basically. Yeah, for sure. I mean, impact. they've got 17 impact. years of uh, impact, pal. But yeah, they've got 17 years of history on their side. 
And they're going to create history soon. Uh, speaking of making history. Where is this looking to? I'm just trying to do a, a Kyle Moore's uh, Segway special with the the history-making moment of WWE's backstage programme. Ah, uh, yes. Mr. Phil Brooks. Mr. Phil Brooks, a.k.a. Checkmate. What have I been telling you for the last 18 months? It's I, told you, I, told, I told you for two years running that Kurt Angle's return was imminent. For two listen, years I told you this. Listen to me. A pundit show does not count. But you Listen, this is leading to an in-ring return. Exactly. Yes. It might take like, a while, but it's going there. Yes, like, there's just no chance it's just this and that's it. No way. I think, um, look, let, like, let's just get the negative or the, the nonsense out of the way straight away. CM scumbag. He didn't sell out. Time heals, right? And obviously, quite clearly, money fixes everything. <laughs> Right, so and people who are saying why would you go to WWE? Why wouldn't you go to AEW? But I get it, I get it. But there's still some fresh, fresh matchups in WWE for them. And 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 no matter what anyone, if people don't want to admit it, but unfinished business means a lot to some people. There is unfinished business at WWE. He is main event in WrestleMania. Like that is a. Guarantee now. Whoa, um, that was unfinished business. My issue is he's 41 and he's been out of the ring for so long. Like, what kind of CM Punk are we getting? And I hope, I hope it's not like this shell of what he once was. It'll be a washed up hobo, just like the rest of the people who return. Listen, I can't fucking wait to see his return now. Like, proper in ring return. And they're in Chicago in a couple of weeks' time. And also, shout out to all the fans that went to every single show and chanted CM Punk, because five years in the making, he's back. Well done. Your prayers were answered. <laughs> your words were paid off. You fought for your dreams, and you fought for your dreams, and your dreams are fighting for you. <laughs> is that is that what he said at the UFC? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> Listen, he was just—he was just living his dreams, man. You can't—you can't disrespect ah, that. Yes. Yeah, I'm the originator of that quote. <laughs> Listen, man, at UFC pay per view done so much the first one. But yeah, uh, I'm, yeah I'm, was... I'm forward to it. Can't fucking wait. I've always been a massive punk mark, massive. Caleb, your yeah. thoughts? Um. Okay, like, I'm really hoping this does lead to a CM Punk in-ring return. I do think it will. Like Ricky, I really hope he's not washed up. I mean, I get it, like, if he's a step slow, whatever. It's been, you know, almost six years at this point, you know? So I get that. But I just hope he can at least carry himself in a respectable fashion. That That's all. But also, I'm kind of crossing my fingers, and she wasn't, like, Super great, especially by you know modern wrestling standard, modern WWE women's wrestler standards. But I hope this bridges the gap for a potential AJ Lee return. 
Well, Paige tweeted out saying that as well. Did she? Yeah. Did she start the, the tweet by saying, Paige here? <laughs> she did not, no. But yeah, <laughs> I think I agree with Caleb's assessment there about AJ Lee, but at the same time, like she's going to be working with so like much more talented women than she was back then. So, like I say, she's pro. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what age she is, but I can't imagine she would have lost too much. Obviously, once you get rid of the ring rust, etc. But like, I think it could lead to AJ Lee, AJ Lee returning. But I think bottom line is that Punk's coming back in some kind of in ring. Whether it's for a year, when it's on a, when it's on a like a part time like Jericho type con- uh, contract, where Jericho would come in part time, but he'd be there for six months and then go away. Um, I don't, I very much doubt he's going to be like full time on the road all the time. Yeah, but look, man, he's not coming back to do just this backstage thing because he's coming back and he's coming back to get the main event at WrestleMania. You know, and, like, okay, I even, like, I think that's going to happen. I think he is coming back to the ring with that in mind. But even if, hypothetically, he just came back to, even just to manage someone, like, to be someone's mouthpiece, like, can you think of a much better mouthpiece than CM Punk, you know? I mean, promo-wise, he's, like, top top ten company at this point, you know, for sure. Oh, he was untouchable for a... a period of time on the mic, like just untouchable um, mm. I would actually love, and I don't know what I think it's just because Joe was there at the time, I would love to see some more Joe and CM Punk just sort of on the mic with one another mm-hmm. um, not necessarily advocating for that match but just to see them playing a promo and back and forth because I think Joe's another one that can hang with anyone on the mic, his problem is that he isn't booked to back up his mouth Yeah, Joe is a uh public on Twitter, he's a student of the language in general, like he looks into cadence, linguistics uh, rhythm so see because Joe has made it known that he likes to actually study the language, that tells me, and I've said it before Samoa Joe does not waste a single syllable and and, and it ties into I'm going to shit on Cody again but when you just throw in throw in some profanity into your promo and it's like, oh, look at that. Well, people like Joe don't need to do that because they're so damn eloquent and they're so great on the mic. All he just has to, to say is, tell, tell your children daddy's coming home for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for Punk. I'm really looking forward to that. Mm. I'm really looking forward to that. I don't know if he'll turn up in two weeks' time. Like, I don't know where he would, like... Maybe he turns up. No, I can't. I can't. I can't imagine where he will because does he turn up and attack either Brock after the match with Ray, or does he go after um, Bray? I don't really know. Well, his big let's do some fantasy booking. His big beef that we were led to believe was with Triple H. Oh, so. It comes down to the last match of Survivor Series. We're all square with regards to NXT versus main roster. And NXT are about to win. Say they'll do the 5v5 match last and CM Punk comes down and costs NXT the the final bragging rights at Survivor Series. And that leads to CM Punk versus Triple H at WrestleMania. <laughs> no. 
In fact, you know when you know you know when he could debut is the Royal Rumble. Yes. As a surprise entrance. And then gets taken out by Kane. Which one? <laughs> Aha! That, uh, well done. Imposter Kane. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'll let you two talk about Power. I've not watched a single episode. Right. Oh my unless, God. unless we're talking about Power, the TV show on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're missing out, dude. My God. It's too much wrestling. It's too much. Although I will say I fucking love, and I've said it before, Nick Aldis when he was Magnus. When he was in Magnus and Impact, (sighs) phenomenal. I I I was desperate for him to come over and team up uh, with Barrett and become uh, as as a member of League of Nations. Oh yeah. (laughs) League of Nations, the greatest, second greatest stable of all time, only right to censor. No, behind Gallus, for fuck's sake. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Joe. Right, so, Caleb, before you go, before you start, sorry, I told myself after episode five, and I won't, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, I won't actually t- touch on it too much. Um, Before episode six started, I said, I'm going to give this one more week. And I say that because it's great presentation's fantastic the the real 70s, 80s feel the promos are top notch Eli Drake, very very good on the microphone, Ricky Stars very good in the mic, some good funny stuff going on but I feel as if they should just call it National Promo Alliance because the actual wrestling I've tried and I've tried but it's just it's completely um not non-memorable, Un- it's completely nondescript, and it's like you're you're watching the match, and then the pinfall happens, and you think to yourself, "I can't remember a single thing that happened in that match." Now, that was not the case in episode six, so you've got a couple of good matches to look forward to, but obviously, we can all agree that the, the stories going on, the whole Camille thing's excellent. But where do you stand on the actual wrestling itself? Well, again, like you, I've never, I've not really been impressed so much by the wrestling they put on there. I've not been really offended either, but yeah, like I said, not really been impressed. Um, I thought the wrestling's been inoffensive, which to me, like for a TV show that's going to go at maximum one hour, that's, that's fine. Like one of my biggest problems with watching or trying to watch Raw is that they'll have these TV matches that go two, three segments long, 15 minutes. And they do these every week. And at a point, it just kind of wears on you, you know? Because like Ricky had said, there is so much wrestling. Yep. But just speaking to the actual quality of the NWA, uh, at least what they put on TV, it's not particularly good. I'll be completely transparent. But like you, I really enjoy the promos so much. And I enjoy the stories they are telling that I am able and willing to look past that. There's... I I know, and I'm I have been willing to look past it, and I will be honest. Episode six brought me back because there was good wrestling. The women's division, I think they're putting on the best wrestling at the moment, but there was some good stuff this week. But the the podium with all the chats going on with David um, Marquez, yeah, Marquez. That's some good. That's some real good shit, pal. Yeah. And Eli Drake <laughs> said a a certain sentence. 
this week. Once you've watched that, you can ask me what it was. It was just a, oh, he didn't just say that type thing. Tell me you didn't just say that. Don't worry, it wasn't racist or anything. But okay. uh, it was good stuff. So, there was a, um, there's a pay-per-view, December the 14th, is that right? Uh, yes, the 14th, Into the Fire, which is named after their theme song. Uh-huh. See, it's good. I do enjoy all that stuff, and it's low key. It's not too. It's very easy to consume because it's on YouTube. Um, you don't need to sign up to anything. Yeah. I've got a wee device on my phone that lets me download YouTube videos, so I can watch it on the train. Easy stuff. It's a good hour or so. If that, it's just I'm hoping for better wrestling, and that might come in the form of the pay per view because they've got to flesh out at least two hours of top top wrestling there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, when they get to the pay-per-view, they've got to deliver on good wrestling. Because you, like, I feel like, yeah, you may be able to coast on weak TV matches, but good promos. You you can coast on that, but you have to deliver at some point. And, you know, why not pay-per-view? Yeah. I don't know if any matches been announced so far. Maybe they'll get to that over the next couple of weeks. I... I already know what the main event is because, like an idiot, I actually read, or I know what the world's title match is because I read the spoilers for it and everything. But I'm uh, very excited for that. That's for sure. I've, I've but, read somewhere that um, people think there's going to be a Tim Storm heel turn on the in the works. Okay. Yeah. A Tim, uh, a Tim heel turn. Is that what you Tim, said? Tim Storm. Oh, so if it's a Tim Hilton or sort of... No, no. That means Tim something Storm. different than uh, uh, a like Joe Coffey thing. <laughs> oh, man. But, like, just before we go on, like, as far as characters go, who's your, like, favourite character of the show? Or characters, rather? Oh. That's a tough one. Camille. And do you, do you know what's odd about Camille being my favourite character? She hasn't said a single fucking word. Exactly. Exactly. And when she finally does speak, you know it's going to count. That's for sure. See, if she does speak in the next few weeks, then No Not November is no longer. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Dylan James. Still going strong. I, I don't... I mean, it's just... It's... It's a cliche when you say talk to um, analysing wrestling. The simpler the storyline, the better. But this is really just quite captivating with Camille. What's she going to say? When's she going to say it? And why? What is her end game? Because as you saw last week, she got involved in the tag match as well. Yeah. With uh, Ken Anderson and stuff like that. So it's just what the fuck's her game? It does. It does help just a tad that she is uh, quite compelling on the eye as well yes the former Bram is a very lucky man I'll put it that way are they they, uh, involved yes they are well as someone who uh, follows her on Instagram yes I am aware that yes she is involved with Bram who Bram a big stocky 6 foot 3 4 240 pounds monster very agile, very strong, gets beaten about the place by the Rock and Roll Express last week. <laughs> yeah. Bram is Charlotte's, Charlotte? Charlotte's ex, isn't it? 
Correct. Yes. Yes. It was um, also in ICW as well. Uh huh. And for anyone who thinks badly when they're associating with that name, that was all proven false with Bram that he beat yes. up someone. Good looking man, so yes. He's a hunk. Yeah. And he did like the, okay back in 2015, Impact would randomly announce like they would extend his contract. They they announced him like multi year extensions like three times in the same year. It was fucking weird. <laughs> I'm thinking like, what's he doing in the NWA? Like he should still be riding out like a six or seven year contract right now. <laughs> Who's your favorite character in the NWA just now? Um, Camille and Aldis are up there, but honestly, it's got to be either Eli Drake or Tim Storm because Eli Drake, you know, he kind of is serving as like the straw, the straw that stirs the drink, you know. Mm-hmm. And I find it to be pretty interesting. Plus, you know, I found him compelling an impact. He's a very good promo. Some oh, people good. say. Some people say he's like trying to cosplay as The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I get that, I get that criticism, but to me, like, he's just, uh, he, he's a charismatic MFer, that's for sure. I wouldn't say it's a, it's a criticism, but I definitely heard, we were talking about cadence and linguistics and stuff. The Rock commented on Cody's promo last week on Twitter, and I can hear The Rock <laughs> and Eli Drake, even to the timbre of the voice, the pitch of the voice is very rock-like, and I don't think that's a bad thing, because the rock could command an audience. Mm-hmm. As for Tim Storm, I, I don't know, it's just he feels too sorry for himself for me to bother feeling sorry for him as well. I I understand that, but I um, before Power was a thing, I watched some of the 10 Pounds of Gold, and he was a very uh, sympathetic guy. At, at times he came across like, oh, he's just lucky to be here. But And that's kind of regrettable in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, very sympathetic guy in my opinion. Um, I think there's something brewing. Like, a little bit like the heart and soul of the new NWA in my opinion. The, whatever they're going with him just now seems interesting. I will give them that. It's And funnily enough, even though he's he's aged a bit, I found his match with Aldis in the first episode of Power to be the best one I've seen. Yeah. And that was when they were spent about five minutes rolling about the floor with the figure four. Yeah. Just some good stuff. Just as Ricky was saying earlier, keep it in the ring and you could still tell a good story. So I may I may pull the gas off on my Tim Storm slander, depending <laughs> on where it goes over the next wee while, but Episode without spoiling it, episode six kept me going, and I will tune in for episode seven. Sweet. Uh, Ricky, is there anything else you want to talk about? We were thinking about NXT, but perhaps we could, unless there's something major you want to discuss. Um, not sure. Um, I've got one thing. All right. Okay. And it's in response to Mags and Bags on Twitter who demanded on more than one occasion, I believe, for us to discuss 205 Live moves to Wednesday nights, uh, no, Friday nights, but in full mm-hmm. sale. Is that, is that permanent? Does anyone know? 
No idea because they went a period without showing any two or five. So who are those? Yeah, just... no clue. <laughs> I just think no, that I think it suited them not to get those guys to travel to the UK for that week because they actually said on the last episode of Two O Five Live that it will be NXT UK guys coming along for a wee exhibition stuff. And that didn't end up being the case. We had, admittedly, a really good um, sell the body part storyline match between Brian Kendrick and Mansoor and Leo Rush and Raul Mendoza. But two of the best, they had a match on the last 205 Live and then on NXT last week. No, not NXT. 205 Live from Full Sail last week. Two of the best cruiser matches I've seen in a long time. Rapid, rapid as all hell. Uh, and just top notch. But a whole third of that episode of 205 Live from Full Sail was a replay of the Tony Nese versus Angel Garza match. Like, what? You're replaying a match from two days ago? Wait, wait they, they, they aired a replay of a match from just two days prior? And... I don't know about you guys, and if there's anyone who explicitly watches 205 Live, are you watching 205 Live instead of NXT? Because I'm sure that anyone who watches the network shows, they would pick NXT first over 205. So why on earth would you do that? That's just bizarre. I mean, I guess if you feel compelled to fill an hour... I don't know, it's just weird. I, I, I still don't think they they have a clear-cut vision for what they want to do with them. No, so, I... Yeah. I kind of... I'll admit, I kind of abandoned ship after after uh, Ali got called up. Mm-hmm. Who's now called yeah. Mustafa Ali again? Oh, yeah, that, that's funny. He gets the name Mustafa back the day that Disney Plus launches over here in America. What's what's the correlation? Uh, yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, he's the Lion King. Uh, Mustafa's Simba's dad. Ah, uh, right. I was thinking um, Prince oh, Ali. Wait, no. uh, I'm fucking stupid. Uh, Mufasa. Yeah, Mufasa. <laughs> Pardon me. Maybe it's because of Prince Ali, fabulous he, Ali Ababwa. Ooh, yes, possibly. <laughs> So, Mags, I hope that's answered your question. I know it's only been one week, and I preach on here to be patient, but I was a tad disgruntled with the 205 this week. Time will tell what happens this week, so we'll see. But, Ricky, do you want to discuss any NXT, or will we keep that for the the sort of Survivor Series weekend preview for next week? Yeah, we could keep it for that. Caleb, have you got any burning issues? Um... And should you go to the doctors for it? <laughs> uh, I don't really have any issues per, uh, per se. I mean, I thought the OC invasion was pretty cool, given all the invasions that had happened, you know, just days prior. But nothing yes. really springs to mind. I think the only thing I didn't like about the OC invasion was it was a a pre-tape of what happened before the program started. See if that... Yeah. See if it was just AJ's music that hit 
to start NXT and nobody knew about it, that would have been a bigger pop for me personally. I I hear you. I understand it would be a bigger pop. I think this was, I think it was straight show business, you know, having, you know, airing it on YouTube or your Twitter account, whatever, minutes before the program. Drives traffic. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, and I also I also liked that they came through the crowd after attacking them backstage and make their way through the crowd, so they might not have got that. Um, yeah. If AJ just come out with music, and but, Matt, Matt Riddle and AJ Styles was a matchup I never knew that I needed in my life. No, and and the funny thing is, like AJ obviously isn't where he was like two years ago, or so. But AJ right now is still better than so many people out there. Exactly. But like I think it's just a shame that that no one saw him. But I don't want to say no one. It's funny though, his best work was in TNA. And that's kind of frightening some of the stuff you saw him do in Japan and early on his WWE here. Like his best work was in was in TNA. So Joe and Daniels and AJ like wear TNA for so long. Even even better than late twenty sixteen. AJ, I shit you not, his stuff in TNA. Honestly, he it was out of this world. Yes. Yeah. Like there was there was a period where you know how like for a while like everyone felt like. Okada was the best wrestler and was like, no, this year everyone says, well, it's undisputed, it's um, Will Ospreay. Well, there was a, a period in time when during the uh, impact where it was just like, it wasn't just a year, it was like, it felt like an eternity that there was just no debate who the best wrestler in the world was. Mm-hmm. He was just, that stuff in TNA, that X-Division in general in TNA was just fucking unbelievable stuff. And it's a shame not everyone watched it or has even bothered to go back and watch a lot of his stuff because it was just it was it was amazing I remember when he started growing his hair out and he made that reference when he made the line I'm he was talking blah 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 I'm AJ Styles I'm better than the best in the world and I'm like oh lord that's a great line and it was like at that point I was like I need to see Punk and AJ Styles like because they were at their absolute peak at that moment in time. But, yeah, AJ and, and, and Impact was just, yeah, like, phenomenal. Just absolutely phenomenal. So, we'll do a deep dive into NXT as part of the War Games and Survivor Series next week. Why not? Oh, do you not want to talk about ratings? <laughs> oh, fuck off, man. <laughs> You should see see you should see this video, listeners, this fucker's chuckling away to himself. <laughs> but it's just funny. It's funny. I like seeing people talk about it. Well, fucking go and talk to them then. No, it just you know, because it means absolutely nothing over here. Does it mean anything over there? I know people like to to talk about it, but let's say it's it means absolutely nothing to us over here. Oh, I mean, I, I don't want to get too far into detail. I mean, NXT's closing the closing the gap. Because last was what what was in it last week? Like 
10,000 or so? 9,000. And <laughs> funny enough, the, the first segment to actually outdraw AEW was uh, Tainara Tanchi and Santana yes. Garrett. Yes. It's all about those demos, guys. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> right, so uh, we'll move on to the quiz, and with the absolute huge, absolutely huge revelation that the I might be wrong in this comparison. I might be wrong, but the Ryan Seacrest of UK uh, reality TV show hosts Declan Donnelly from Anton Deck, PJ and Duncan. Saturday night takeaway. Britain's Got Talent. Uh, I'm a, I'm an arsehole. Get me out of here. That Declan Donnelly. He did one of those. Who am I? Who do you think you are? DNA family journey programs. And it turns out he is cousins with the one and only Dixie Carter. <laughs> now, that, see when have, I see when I saw you tweeting that, I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> it fucking blew my mind. That is one of the most random things I've. Ever, ever heard about wrestling? Not, not wrestlers being held hostage in Saudi Arabia. Ooh, this none of that. It's fucking. It was crazy. So do you think? It, like means, so. Does for, that mean for, he's sorry. EC3, Does that mean he's EC 3s uncle? Wait <laughs> <laughs> like, for. For American listeners, I think to compa- compare it to something, it's like Ryan Seacrest discovering he's related to Gado, for instance. Like, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Like, what the fuck? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, hell. Although you did just, by proxy, you did kind of just compare the booking power or the booking prowess of. Dixie Carter to ghetto, so that might upset our uh, keeping it strong style, oh, brother. That's true, actually. That's true. So, do you, think true. They, do you think they found out they were cousins through a DNA test or a TNA test? Oh. Christ. You're End very, the show. <laughs> you're very welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Right. So, that means the quiz this week is going to be I couldn't find too many celebrities who are related to wrestlers. So it's the celebrities involved in wrestling quiz, okay? So Oh shit. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and Caleb. A fucking wrestlers with celebrities involved quiz. See, I can't splice it in anymore because of my recording debacle, so it's going to be live from here on out. So Ricky, we know what your buzzer is. It's, I before spit... before we continue, I've not actually I can't really watch the video, but um, Jordan Miles quit. Did he? An exclusive for oh, the podcast. He just wow. Who who sent it in? Jeremy sent it into the the group. Right. Um, he made the AI. He's so he's released a, something on Twitter, a quick ninety second video. It looks like. Basically saying I quit. I'm not working for them, etc. Well, not had a chance to to listen to it though. I'm actually surprised he was allowed to quit. Well, I mean, I'm assuming that's him um, saying like oh, I think there's a difference between you saying I'm I'm quitting, I'm done with them, than actually well, being granted. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, obviously we'll find out more about that over the next couple of days, but there's an exclusive for you, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Well, maybe not, but we heard it here first. <laughs> Good on him. If he feels that strongly about it, then I'm glad he took action for himself. Yeah, for sure. Stand up for what you believe in. Yep. And Don't start now, deleting stuff now. Now this feels Don't uncomfortable. stuff. It now feels uncomfortable to bring back a light-hearted quiz, but it's Ricky and Clive. We don't do comfort here. <laughs> so, oh Ricky, Ricky, your buzzer is... I spit in the faces of people who don't want to be cool. And Caleb, the debutant to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, what's your buzzer? Oh my God. And we've lost him. Oh, well, Ricky, you win. <laughs> My buzzer, given the breaking news, is a go, go, ACH. Right, okay. You know, see, if I was to ever be, if we ever done, like, another quiz time thing, right, and I was involved in it, people need to understand your buzzer needs to be extremely short. So if you're going with, like, or yes, straight away you get, like, imagine me trying to say, I spit in the face we would want to be cool, or someone just shouting yes. Just short and get to the point and you get in there quicker. Uh-huh. But anyway, I do spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. I might change my buzzer as well. I'll, I'll do a Cody buzzer. What is that? Wrestling has more than one royal family. That's that's a lot of <laughs> words there, Pat. No, it would be uh, WWE hurt my feelings. <laughs> why, am, why am I Dusty's third favourite son? <laughs> I'm his third favourite. Um, Why do I have wrinkles under my eyes? <laughs> right. So, first question. Poor Cody. No. <laughs> first question. John Cena lost a match against Booker T at Cyber Sunday due to interference by whom? Go, go, ACH. Caleb. That would be uh, Kevin Federline. Correct. One of the worst things I've ever seen in the wrestling ring. Did they ever have a uh, a rap battle? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember much from that. (laughs) Question number two. Um, which 80s pop icon accompanied Wendy Richter to the ring at WrestleMania 1? Go, go, ACH. Sandy Lauper? Oh, he's two ahead already. Number three. Are you still with us, Ricky? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, John Stewart returned to the scene of the crime at SummerSlam 2016. But he wasn't involved in shenanigans this time. What match did he introduce? Go go ACH. Caleb. New Day versus the club. Correct. <laughs> Number four. What WrestleMania did Snoop Dogg sing Sasha Banks to the ring? Go go ACH. Caleb. WrestleMania 32. I was there. Uh, number five. What mania? What was the first WrestleMania that Motorhead sang Triple H to the ring? Go go ACH. For <laughs> sake. 
Caleb? Is it WrestleMania 17? It was. Yes. And to win it, to win the fucking quiz, what was significant about the Monday Night Raw where Donald Trump was the general manager? The, the Go host, Caleb? It was commercial free. Correct. You have won the quiz within two minutes. Yeah. I mean, if, I feel like if you have more questions, we should finish it out. Of course, I've got four more anyway. We'll we just go for it. Yes. Wow, Ricky. Uh, number seven. Who did WWF try to have on the SmackDown immediately following 9-11? Fuck. Fuck. Go, Caleb? Is it uh, Rudy Giuliani? Nope. Who is that anyway? Uh, he was the mayor of New York at the time. Uh, think bigger. Oh, shit. Can I buzz in? Uh, Ricky first. Okay. Uh, I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Um, okay. Think bigger. Bush? Correct. <laughs> yes, on the board. <laughs> Come back is on. Uh, number eight. Which former United States governor Decked champion at the time, Triple H, whilst on commentary. And this was a, a late 1999 SmackDown. So this was a, he used to be a governor of a particular state in US. And he decked Triple H when Triple H was the champion. Oh, go, go, ACH. Caleb? That's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Correct. Number nine. Which former... X-Factor slash, and I don't mean the X-Pac stable, which former X-Factor slash American Idol judge co-GM'd Raw with her husband in November 09. Go, go, ACH. Caleb? Uh, oh, uh, Sharon Osbourne. Correct. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Uh, number 10. Which, right, so... You ready? Which current DC United footballer slash soccer star hosted or starred in a November 2000 and shit, I can't remember. Let's say 15 or 14. Which current DC United footballer hosted or starred in a November Episode of Raw in Manchester, England. I spit, I spit in the faces of people who don't want to be cool, Rooney. Yeah, well done. That's Wayne Rooney. You... Wade, Wade Barrett, Rooney slapped him, and then we got that epic fucking video the next day oh. when we walked him through the old Trafford changing rooms. Aye, that was amazing. That was. See, since I got that right, and since it was about the second greatest faction of all time, does that mean I win the quiz? Uh, no, yeah, you will not live this down. <laughs> I will make... I feel like 8-2 8-2 <laughs> Funny enough 8-2 is what is going to be the record of the San Francisco 49ers after next weekend Oh you motherfucker that's not going to happen I don't know who he's I don't know who he's playing well, I mean we're, we're taking the we're going to take the Packers downtown we're going to freaking 
Oh, gonna pound them, I tell you. Oh, no, there's a host of the fucking Cardinals. Jesus. Wasn't didn't Manchester United also beat Arsenal eight two years ago? Yep. Did that team Caleb has been nothing to you, but see that team Fergie put out was fucking abysmal. We had uh, Tom Cleverly playing, Anderson, Nanny, just an absolute shit show when we put eight past them. <laughs> so, uh, Caleb, thank you for making your debut on the show. Um and you fucking destroyed Ricky with that quiz. I don't think there's ever been such a deficit as this before. The one thing I, I should have told you guys, I guess, before the show is that, and it's not like an active effort of me, like, okay, like, hey, wait, when, like, who beat up Triple H on SmackDown in 1999? It's not me, you know, studying or anything. I genuinely, like, with this trivial shit that we watch, I don't forget a lot. And that's not me bragging or anything. Like, that's not a, a big thing to brag about. So I probably should have told you that before the podcast, though. See, like, the stupid shit, I, would, I forget about, like, so much random shit. Now, if you had a quiz purely based on a hardcore title, it's done. I've, I've got that. Salty, I've got that wrapped up. You would, yeah, you would destroy me in any, any hardcore title uh, quizzes. That's for sure. That was that was quite pathetic my part there, that attempt. You do you want to redeem yourself with a, a flawless plug? No. <laughs> well, I'm I am a host and so here we go. Um <laughs> right, so we have been Ricky and Clive. You can catch us as says we drop every single Wednesday on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Where you can also listen to Keeping It Strong Sailed with Jeremy and Josh, a.k.a. the Tampa Stretching Crew. No longer J&J Security, Jeremy, I promised you. Um, also, you can get One Nation Radio, All Things Elite, Get In The Ring, and Grown Men Watch This Shit. This is, you can follow us on Twitter, and we are at Ricky and Clive. You can also go on the, wrestle, uh, the Facebook group, The Wrestling Squared Circle. Um, also get your own T-shirts of Pro Wrestling Tees. You can get Social Suplex, One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Styled, and our own. Obviously, you we, you can also go on to PowerSlam TV, uh, enter the promo code Social Suplex, and get over 4,000 hours of independent wrestling from across the globe. And I believe that's all the plugs done. Um, Caleb, would you, anything you want to say, plug, tell the people where they can find you, etc.? Yeah, guys, uh, follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. That's I A M C A L E B B. And uh, the wrestling work will make its return on February thirtieth. <laughs> <laughs> I got excited for a minute there. So did I. Now I'm going to start googling. Do we ever have two days in February? That is, what is it? Is it the ad? What is that? Leap year? Leap year. Uh, can we add an extra date in February? And it's just a picture of Caleb's face saying, You betcha. <laughs> yeah. Take it all the way up to UN to get a February 30th on the calendar. <laughs> well, 
we obviously, like I said, we had the second semi-final of the Quiz Time Invitational um, dropping last week. Um, between now and the end of the year, we will get the final recorded and released as well at some point. Yeah, we'll start organising that soon. Yep, yep. This time it should be easier to organise as well. Rance and Josh, only one hour between them. That's going to be heated. Yeah. I, I want to send a message to both of them. And you saw it from the quiz today. You tell them. <laughs> oh, okay. And Hill's coming with me. <laughs> he can't even keep a straight face. <laughs> He's just giggling away. <laughs> oh. Right, Clive, you want to lead us out with one of your any kind of breaking news that you've got? Uh, no, I think I used up all my sperm on the TNA test joke, so. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Um, Caleb, once again, thank you for coming on. Yep, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, and folks, we will be back next week. Take care of yourselves. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next-